Oh, thank the Lord. This scripture came to me um, uh, today, and it, it popped up in my head again um, during worship. Because some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about um, has to do with this right here. Um, Kimberly, can you put up Galatians 6, 9? Because in this season, yeah, death was difficult. And yeah, burial is just as difficult. Trying to keep the old man underground and he reaching up, grabbing on your ankles and all of this stuff like that. But in this season, if you notice, like it's not just one person, it's not just two, but a lot of people have been feeling weary and feeling like, you know what, I don't know if I can go any further. You know, um, the one good thing is that's definitely a sign you're growing and you're moving in the right direction because if the enemy wasn't on your tail, you wouldn't be feeling anything. You know, um, but this is, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Notice it says, let's not grow weary. It does not say, let's not get weary. Which means you will get weary. It does hit you. But you're not supposed to grow in it. And how do you grow in it? Lack of intimacy and delayed responses to things you know you're supposed to do. I'm going to read two separate, um, just um, out of Genesis, dealing with uh, Cain and Abel, and out of Songs of Solomon, where we saw souls get wearied and end up not making a right decision because weariness causes you to have delayed reactions to obedience. You know, that's why you get weary, but you don't stay weary because weariness will cause you to miss out on an invitation. And what, and what, uh, what is one of those invitations? An invitation to a deeper level with Christ. Notice it says he knocks at the door. You know, well, that's an invitation for him to come in and fill a spot of your soul that has not been filled before. Um, I just thought it was, uh, I just thought it was funny um, reading this because the Message Bible, like, it really says some stuff sometimes that's just outright funny how it words certain things. Uh, Kimberly, could you put up Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-five in the Message? And if it's 25, okay. I'll refresh tired bodies. I'll restore tired souls. And this is a result of intimacy with God. This is one of the scriptures under intimacy with God. This is what he does when you're intimate with him. It doesn't mean you don't get weary points. But he always refreshes our tired bodies. And he always restores tired souls. So when you have a lack of intimacy you don't get refreshed from that stuff. It hits you, and it keeps on hitting you, and it keeps on hitting you, and you seem to never recover from it. Also, weariness causes you not only to have delayed response to obedience, but it causes you to start picking up and doing your own thing and taking care of your own stuff, opposed to giving it to God. Um, I want to... The first one I'm going to go to is, um, Kimrick, if you'll put up Song of Solomon 5, 
two through six in the Amplified. It's just something I wanted to read because uh, we've been in Songs of Solomon and uh, this is really how Jesus comes to knock at our door. But when you have a weary soul, you'll see how a delayed response can have an adverse effect on what it is the Lord is trying to do with you in that point. You know, because um, sometimes growing, you feel like you're not supposed to feel as bad as you do. But growing up, you go through growing pains. You know, you know when you was little or you were preteen or you're a child, I know one of the girls is telling me, Daddy, my leg hurt. Oh, this hurt, this hurt. And I know she ain't been doing it. I'm like, baby, you're growing. You're starting to stretch out. Growing pains feel that way spiritually too. You start hitting certain things. You feel uncertainties. You you know what I'm saying? Stuff is, you don't, you don't feel like your mind should be where it's at. You're like, man, I, what is going on with me? Actually growing. That's what it is. You know, um, this whole past week or so, um, I've been feeling like that. Like, what is going on? Why is my head all over the place? You know, but when you have intimacy with the Lord, he's constantly refreshing your soul so you're not growing weary. Because going through growing pains, if you don't stay in intimacy with God, you will grow weary. And it'll cause you to fall back and you, you'll fall even further away from him than you were in the first place. Because it'll, turn, it'll cause you to run from him. But um, Songs of Solomon, this is a Shulamite. Um, this is what she's talking about. You know, she was married to King Solomon. And like, I mean, Songs of Solomon is <laughs> such a deep book. But she says, I went to sleep, but my heart stayed awake. I dreamed that I heard the voice of my beloved as he knocked at the door of my mother's cottage. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove. This is King Solomon talking to her um, as he's knocking, which is how Jesus knocks at the door of our soul, trying to reach us. My spotless one. Now notice the Shulamite, she felt totally opposite of that about herself, but you see how he sees her. My spotless one, he said, for I am wet with a heavy night dew. My hair is covered with it. Go to the next one. But weary from a day in the vineyards. This is how we feel when we're in the kingdom. We're doing stuff for the Lord. we working. we constantly, we in this process, walking this path, and we getting weary. It doesn't say you wouldn't, just like I said before, you do get weary, but just don't grow in it. It says, but weary from a day in the vineyards. I had already sought my rest. Now, the Lord tells us to enter his rest. It says nothing about finding our own rest. You know, I had already sought my rest because of weariness. I had put off my garment. How could I again put it on? I had washed my feet. How could I again soil them? Notice how she was saying all of this stuff about what she did. Go to the next one. My beloved put, his, put in his hand by the hole of the door, and my heart was moved for him. Go to, to the next one. I rose up to open for my beloved. Notice after all she'd done, all of that stuff herself. Now she rose up to go to him, and my hands dripped with mirror and my fingers with liquid. Sweet-scented mirror, which, had, which he had left upon the, handless, the handles of the bowl. The next, the last one. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul went forth to him when he spoke, but it failed me. And now he was gone. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. 
Jesus knocks, you know, because there's a window of grace for every move. Jesus knocks at the door of our soul when there's time for promotion because he's trying to take us to a new level in him. But sometimes we feel like, man, this is, this is just torture because of that weariness. But notice how the weariness caused her to have a delayed reaction to the knocking of Jesus. And he soon removed himself because now, you know, that season, now you frustrated grace because weariness and delayed obedience frustrates grace and it causes it to work slowly. So after this, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but then she went out into the marketplace trying to find him. Look at all her work she had to do. Even got even up getting beat up or something. But look at all the work she had to do when all at first she had to do was open the door. See, when Jesus is knocking at the door of our soul, all we have to do is allow him in. But when we don't, we see the response. I mean, we see the reaction and what you have to go through, you know, when you miss that window of grace. Now you have to get, now you have to do all this extra work to gain what you should have already had in the first place. Um, now I'm going to read another. Now I'm going to go to Genesis 4, verse 6 and 7. Yeah, you can put them up together. Now Cain, now Cain and Abel, you know, the son of Adam and Eve. I was reading this, the Lord sent me to this, and it kind of it kind of made me laugh when the Lord started to open up the fact, you know, of wearied souls. And I'm like, okay, what does this have to do with being weary? But if you look at the fact like this, Adam missed the mark, dropped the ball, all sin entered humanity. Okay, now the kids are growing up with sin. So they never experienced having a weary soul, but now they got weary souls, you know, all because of Adam. And this says, and the Lord said to Cain, why are you ang why are you angry? And why do you look sad and depressed and dejected? That's how we feel when we have a weary soul. Cain was experiencing a weary soul. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin crouches at, the, at your door. It's desires for you, but you must master it. I was like, okay, well, being weary, I understand he was weary, but what's the point of this? Okay, Jesus knocks at the door for an invitation to promotion. Notice how Jesus doesn't hide the fact that he's coming to greet you. He's knocking at the door because he's letting you know it's time to move up. Sin crouches at the door because it lies in secret. It doesn't want you to know it's there. It just wants you to open the door or not pay attention to the fact that you know that it's there and you just want to leave it there. Because the one of the things I noticed is that when they're like, we can have an open door, which is an agreement with the enemy. And if we know it's there, but don't do anything about it, you have just given the enemy access to every door. You know, it, I mean, it's, it's really, it really is. I, I remember telling maybe this the other day. It really is like leaving it a key under the mat for the enemy. You've given him legal access to every door of your soul because you refuse to deal with something hidden in your heart. Cain had anger and hatred hidden in his heart, but he didn't want to deal with it. 
And where did it come from? It came from a lack of intimacy. Well, how do we know it was a lack of intimacy? You can tell by his offering. Abel gave, Abel gave an offering. He gave the first of everything. That means he was so dead to himself that he like, look, I give the first of everything because it doesn't matter. I know I'm taken care of. All it said about how Cain gave is the fact that he gave this. You know, it never said he gave his first. So Cain had an issue with intimacy, which caused his soul to grow weary. You know, Abel might, you got to think, both of them were born and entered the same sin because the fall had already happened. But why did one grow in weariness and why did the other one not grow in weariness? It was an intimacy issue. You know, but the thing I love about this is it doesn't make Cain bad. It doesn't make Abel good. See, when you have intimacy with God, you're nobody but a son or a daughter in the kingdom. The rest is all him. You know, and the Lord, the Lord showed me this the other day. That because Cain was the firstborn under Adam. God had given him the chance to restore and take dominion over the enemy that Adam had already gave up because he was the firstborn, which means he was the next in line. He was the heir. It said, if you do well. Now, he wasn't talking about the offering he gave. He was talking about his heart. He was talking about passing the test of anger against his brother. You know, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Because he already felt rejected. He felt like I'm giving all of this stuff and Abel getting accepted and I'm not, you know. I mean, what is this? He had so much anger and bitterness built up in his heart, you know, that he secretly had murder there. Said, if you do not do well, sin crouches at your door. He's trying to let him know, look, if you don't deal with that issue in your heart, it's going to overtake you. But look what he says. Its desire is for you. As long as you don't got a desire for it, there's no agreement. Sin always has a desire for us. It says, but you must master it. And um, and another translation to say, but you shall rule over it, which means God was already giving him, look, you can, I know, your, I know your father dropped the ball, but you can rule over this thing now and already start reversing the curse of what Adam gave up to Satan. You know, he was already showing him, look, you could have dominion over this thing right now. Now, I'm not a Bible scholar or anything like that, but I don't recall anywhere after this verse all the way until Jesus come back where it talks about a man being able to rule over sin. All it talks is about, you know, such and such being a just man and all of that. That doesn't mean they were sinless. It just means they weren't in much sin as the other ones, you know, and they had a right relationship with God, which, again, was an intimacy issue, you know. But he gave Cain the ability or the opportunity to rule over sin after after his father had failed. You know, so Cain had the biggest responsibility out of all of them in the garden after Adam, after Adam fell. All he had to do was pass the test and you would have saw a different, um, you would have probably saw a lot different stuff when it came down to Noah and the flood and all of that. You know, you would have probably saw Cain's descendants. You would have probably saw a different outcome of them. If he had just passed this test and got rid of that anger in his heart and got back in intimacy with the father, you know, so intimacy is big. It's like it sets the Holy Spirit at the doors of your soul, opening it up for Jesus and running off the enemy when it comes trying to crouch around. 
You know, intimacy is so important because intimacy is where you stay clean at, your personal altar time. That's where you burn those logs of unforgiveness, those logs of shame, those logs of rejection, those logs of perversion, you know, those logs of false guilt, condemnation. That's where that stuff gets burned at, at your personal altar. So if you're worshiping and you're meditating on the word and you're feeling like crap, so to say, then it's not because you're doing the wrong thing. You know, if you're not doing that and you're feeling that, then you already got the answer to the test. It's an intimacy issue. Just get back into intimacy. We are here after Jesus, which means there's no, Jesus is a ruler over time as well as everything in heaven and earth. So he can, he can start wiping that stuff away and line you right back up to where you need to be if you get back into intimacy with him because that's all he wants. He doesn't want our money. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't want, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't want our house. He doesn't want all of this stuff. All he asks is that we steward that stuff because he gave it to us in the first place. All he wants is intimacy with him. You know, so if you do well, will you not be accepted? He's trying to accept us. He's trying to hold on to us as long as he possibly can. You know, but we, we do so much running from him. You know, it's just, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's all a part of growing. You know, and back to Songs of Solomon, not seeking your own rest, but staying in his rest, because our rest is temporary. Notice how when we get weary and we're in our own strength, that weariness tends to last for a long time. But when, we're, when we get weary and we're not growing in it and we're in his rest, it's only but a moment. Because all he has to do is unlock a little revelation or give you a nugget or give you a little bit of understanding on something. It's like that whole thing lifts off. You know, so that's that's the key is intimacy with him, because that's what guards the doors of your soul is staying in constant contact with him. You know, I mean, it's and I mean, I've done it countless times. You know, I had I hadn't perfected it, you know, but. Me personally, if the Lord hadn't told me otherwise, I'd say, man, I, I fail at this every time. But getting rid of agreements with the enemy doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you don't ever fall. It not mean you don't ever mess up. But it means, hey, if sin is there and I'm here, I'm not walking towards it. Now, if something happens and it overtakes me, then, hey, I'll, you know, I'll get up from it. You know, I'll keep moving on. But. I'm not going to where sin is because I don't want any agreement with it. You know, I don't want that to be a part of my character. The closer you get in God, the more intimacy you have, the less of you is there and the more fear of the Lord you have. You know? And I'm not going to keep you long, um, but I want to do, I really feel like um, the Lord wants to break that spirit of weariness and I'm not going to do no long drawn out prayers I'm going to really briefly lay hands on everybody and I believe intimacy is going to be imparted because he's going to take us all to a new level of intimacy and I believe that that spirit of weariness will be broken you know um, but it's a choice you can have the keys to a car, but if you never get in the car and 
turn it on, then where are you going? You're just looking at it in the driveway. You know, um, but that's what I believe the Lord wants to do because it's too many of us growing weary when we don't have to. Yes, you get weary, but we do not have to keep staying in that thing for too long. And I know it because I've grown in it plenty of times. Like, man, why do why is it taking so long? And, you know, Lord is like, hey, it's your choice. If you're choosing to stay in it because you're choosing um, not to spend time with me, then, you know, that's that's what you're choosing. So I had to die more to my flesh and just start giving them time. You know, it don't got to be hours and hours. It just got to be sometime. You know, but I feel like the Lord, the Lord wants to do that. James, there's isn't time to get cooked. <laughs> yeah, but that's something I, that's a scripture, um, that Galatians, I think it's six and nine. That's something I want you to really focus on this week. Yeah, I think that's the one, um, don't grow weary and well-doing. Because if you notice on the second part of it, it says, in due season, you shall reap a harvest. You know, God is always trying to get us to something. Regardless of what we're going through, regardless of what we're facing, he's always trying to push us to a point to where we get more of him and more of something that we desire secretly. You know? Could you put that scripture up one more time? I think that's the right one. That's, that's the right one? Yeah, that's the that's the importance of it. Intimacy. Personal time. Just giving him that part of you. You know. When you sow into him, trust me, he sows into you. And his seed never comes back void. It's always gonna yield some type of harvest. You know, so um so focus on the due season. And the fact that no, I'm not gonna lose heart. That's what you have to tell yourself. Yeah, I might be feeling a little bit of weary, but I'm not going to lose heart. You know, because you will make it. Um, Kimrick, if you would turn the music up. You got a question to ask? Yeah. Every time I um, think about Cain and Abel in that story, and then what you're talking about, growing weary, and I was looking at when I go really, what's what's really going on? And I think part of it is because we misplace things. Misplaced anger, misplaced unforgiveness, misplaced something. And when you talk about Cain and Abel, he had misplaced anger towards towards Abel because it wasn't his fault that God was loving on him. He was doing what he, he, he was told to do. So him being upset with him had nothing to do with Abel. It had something to do with him not doing what he needed to do. So when it comes to being weary, I always have to take a look at, okay, what am I misplacing? What what section am I in to where I'm misplacing something? Because our walk with the Lord is our walk with the Lord. So we can't really blame anybody outside of our relationship with the Lord. We have to take captive of who we are and what we're doing with God for our personal reasons so that he can show us what we're doing. So it, it just, every time I hear Cain and Abel, I always think about that misplaced anger. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good because one of the things I noticed, um, that was a really good point. What Cain did is it was misplaced, so he pointed. Anytime you have something in the wrong area, you start to point out. And that's one of the things we have to check. 
you know, um, because love covers. Because the Lord's love covers us. I mean, if the Lord's love didn't cover us, and we, we all know we'd be stoned, you know. Um, and it goes back to, yeah, like you said, hey, Abel was, he was in right standing. He was in intimacy with the Lord. You know, it doesn't mean he was perfect. You know, I used to always, every time I hear, heard that story before, I used to be like, man, Cain was this old angry dude walking around, just just throwing stuff all over the place, and Abel was this old sweet, humble little dude. Man, Abel might have been a jerk, man. You never know. He probably used to talk trash to his brother all the time. Don't mean he was perfect. He was just in right standing with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? It, because your personal altar time, because you have personal altar time, don't mean you're going to get it right all the time. You know, I, and it, it, when I got that revelation the other day, it made me look at Abel totally different. I said, man, Abel could have been a piece of work. He could have been a piece of work, you know. He, he, was probably pride, he was probably prideful too, you know. But, hey, he was burning his stuff on the altar every morning. Um, you know, Cain probably was too. He just wasn't giving his all. Because he was giving, but he wasn't giving his first, you know, and and that thing stood out to me. He said, if you do well, he wasn't talking about his offering. He was talking strictly about his heart. You know, do well in your heart, you know, because he could have gave one little thing and it been um, what God wanted. Yeah. And why he was, if he was worshiping and he didn't give his all or his best, like what's an example or something relatable? All right, I'll tell you where, um, where I have my biggest struggles. Because, you know, you grow in consistency with the Lord. It's not an automatic thing, you know. I just went through, you know, I was getting up worshiping the Lord, you know, spending spending time with him. And I went through a couple weeks where I was like, man, hey, I get up, you know. Wasn't spending the time I know I was supposed to spend with him. And then just using the other time to just sit around. If I'm if if my time that I usually spend with the Lord, I'm using to just sit there, then I could be giving that to him. You know, I'm talking about sitting there doing nothing, sitting there playing a little game on my phone, or sitting there looking at YouTube or ESPN or something like that. If my time I'm usually spending with him, I'm doing that stuff, then I'm not giving I'm not giving my all. Now it's not it's not really about time just like i said it's about the heart now if i got up you know and i'm tired and there's been times i got up and i go in the, i go in my war room and i get through about 20 minutes of just spending time with the lord and i it's like i feel his presence so heavy and in my natural self i would think man that i ain't giving him nothing i ain't giving him enough but he was looking at my heart you know, but there's been times I got in there um, for about an hour and didn't feel anything, felt dry, but my heart wasn't really in it. My mind already on work. I'm thinking about all this. You know what I'm saying? It's about the heart. What are we giving him? You know, because that's what he wants. He wants that heart. Because if he can touch your heart, if he has your heart, he can change your head. You know, but that's an example because I... I I found myself in that boat plenty of times. Yes. I heard a um 
a different version of the teaching on Canon Awa a couple weeks ago, this guy that I listened to out in LA. And he was saying um, how somewhere along the line, Cain forgot his position. Cain was the oldest brother, and he should have realized that he had dominion over his brother Abel. But because he didn't shift his perspective after the Lord received Abel's um, sacrifice over his, he allowed himself to become jealous. Um and I guess him not changing his perspective to tie it into what you're you're saying, I'm trying to merge them together. Um, he allowed his perspective to weigh him down and become weary and feel rejected and unappreciated so much so that he wanted to kill his brother when the only thing he had to do was to shift his perspective and recognize that he had the same power and the same gifts that his brother did. He just never... Um, shifted his perspective to tap into it. That's good. That's real good. Because he could have easily changed his focus and be like, you know what? Because the thing about this is, we all know what we're supposed to do. And we know what we're not supposed to do. And when we do, and that, now to a level, because there's some things we don't know God reveals. But when you have knowledge of something, and you choose still to not do it, and then no good comes out of it, then what's the point in getting upset? You already knew. You know what I'm saying? Cain had knowledge of it. Him and Abel were taught how to give to the Lord, which is why one got it right, one got it wrong. Well, if he already knew how to give, and he wasn't giving it, then why? <laughs> I'm going to just, you got to put it on the screen. In verse 6, the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why is your countenance falling? He asking him, like, look, you already know what you're doing. What are you upset about? You know the outcome of it. You know what I'm saying? He already knew, look, if you don't do this, you don't get this. You know, if you don't give me your first, I'm not going to accept it. He already knew that. You know, but that's a that's a really that's a really good point. All he had to do was switch perspective. Hey, yep. Hey, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get this thing I'm gonna get this thing right. Yep. Well, I have another question because me and my friend we talk about it often, and I keep I was going back to read different versions of what that scripture on the screen said, but you just said like um, I forgot exactly what you just said, but. Um, something about if we, if we know what we're doing, why aren't we doing it? But what if we are doing it, but it seems that our due season just doesn't seem anywhere in sight, yet everyone else around us who isn't making those same sacrifices or living a certain way or doing what we, or the word said to do, it seems like they're being blessed. Like, how are we supposed to have our countenance remain spirited when it seems like it's being tested. All right. You just, yeah, you just said it perfect at the end. It's being tested. You got to know, this is one thing you got to know. It's Man, it's a scripture in Proverbs. I don't know what it is, but I remember stumbling over like, man. But I'm paraphrasing it, but it's talking about, hey, don't get upset when evildoers prosper. You know, because the thing is, the whole time God is trying to get you not to look at people. You're supposed to look at him.
Because when you when you have godly contentment, it says godly contentment is great and abundant gain. It says that in Amplified. Godly contentment is not being okay that you don't have your needs. No, godly contentment is I'm content whether I have much or whether I have little. Because either way it goes, I know I'm exactly where the Lord has me. I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And why is that? Because I'm in right fellowship with him. If you are doing all of those things, then you're in right line with God. And whatever season you're in, that's the season he has you in to teach you whatever it is he's going to teach you. And when you get to that point, you don't even care what anybody else got. You know, moreover, you're happy that, hey, I'm, I'm glad they blessed. I'm glad they got this because you already know this is where the Lord has me right now. I'm in right standing with him. So nothing is off. Because when you're in right standing with him, if something is off, he'll tell you quickly how to adjust it. You know, so you, you said it right. Hey, he's testing something. If he's testing you like that, then he's just he's just testing your heart to change another piece of you to be more like him. That's all. But mo most of the time, we, you know, if we don't, just like you said, if we don't shift our perspective, it'll cause us to grow weary because then we feel like, well, I'm doing this in vain. You know, um, but that's good. Any more questions? Maybe you got anything you want to share? James, you got anything? Okay. Kenrick? <laughs> she, she, she said, what's up, man? <laughs> Kenrick, you got anything? Jelanda, you got anything else? So this is what I want y'all to hold on to. Being weary is not that you're bad. It's a part of growing. It's growing pains. It's part of feeling like, it's part of that feeling like, man. Okay, now think about this. this and this is the last thing, and then I'm not going to um, share anything else. If you didn't know what weariness felt like, how could you reach somebody that came to you for ministering and they're weary? How could you reach them? Sometimes the Lord will allow you to feel something, even though you're doing the right things. He'll allow you to feel it. Even in your worship time, he'll allow you to feel it just so you know how to deal with the next person. You know, because I used to wonder, I'm like, Lord, I'm up worshiping. I'm, I'm doing what is going on? Well, if he's allowing you to feel it and you're doing all the right things, then he's just what girding you up or strengthening you. He's allowing you that so you know how to reach the next person. If we just because trust me, if staying in worship and all of that exempt me from all pain I would never come out the war room I wouldn't go to work I wouldn't do nothing I would hide in there and I would never come out I would never come out but then I mean then what's the what's the growth in that I wouldn't know anything about how to minister to somebody else who's going through the same thing I went through you got to remember we a body we operate together if I don't learn pain to teach pain you know, teach somebody how to come out of pain, then, you know, how am I that effective? You know, some of us have been through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, and some of us are going through a lot of stuff. But if you're doing, if you're spending time and you're in intimacy with God, then you should be rejoicing in the fact that, hey, I don't got to stay here. You know, this is not my final destination. You know, that's, I mean, that got to be the focal point. That's when you start getting godly contentment. 
when you're like, hey, I see where I am right now, just in the base season. Okay, my bound season is coming because they never run back to back. You know, so um, but that's it, Kimrick. If you would uh, just um, dim the lights, I'm gonna close out in prayer. But then I just want everybody to line up. It'll it'll be quick. It's it's not gonna take long. But the Lord is gonna break um, weariness and give you hope because hope don't disappoint. You know, um, He's gonna break weariness. He'll give strength. For intimacy, because some of us need more intimacy with him. We need that time with him. A lot of times things stir up because he's trying to call us to more time with him. You know, and if you're already given more time, then you're just, where you're at is not going to be there for long. You know. But Lord, I thank you for each and every individual in here. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for my wife, because if she wasn't here, I wouldn't be here. I thank you, Lord, for this ministry you've given us. I thank you for how you've changed us. Or each and every one of us, you've changed so much, and sometimes we don't even see it. I thank you for what you're doing in us. And I ask that you continue to bless us and strengthen us and call us to more intimacy with you. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.